Dopamine swipe, dopamine, dopamine swipe. Follow us, likes, double tap. What's going on, beautiful people? Welcome to the 817 Podcast. We have a pivot, a change in the world of today of the 817 Podcast. Jimmy is somewhere, Barbados, Bahamas, Europe. I don't know where Jimmy's at, but Jimmy and his family are out for the next couple weeks. But I'm really excited because I think we have someone here who knows a lot about Fort Worth, has some good, great perspectives, and is a friend of the pod. We have Ryan Tiglis. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for allowing me to come on. I've always wanted to use the phrase of long-time listener, first-time caller. Finally here. Uh, now Jimmy can actually hear me directly instead of just my text midway through listening to the podcast. <laughs> well, we, uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, how do you know Jimmy, and uh, what is your take on, on Fort Worth? So uh, Jimmy and I went to TCU together. Uh, we you know, have the same group of friends, and we've you know, really reconnected over the past few years. Uh, over Fort Worth and Fort Worth politics and just our love of local government. Um, and it's just, it's something that's really become a passion of ours ever since we really committed to being a part of the TCU community. You know, when you graduate from college, you kind of move around a little bit, kind of getting used to what's going to be your home. Um, and now that, you know, we're both kind of settled here in Fort Worth. We're really taking a, an interest in what is going on. Um, and for me, when you ask like, what is my view of Fort Worth? It's opportunity. Fort Worth has an awesome opportunity to become a really great city. Uh, we're growing at such a massive rate that there's so many people coming in and so many you know, opportunities just to really be better. And I want to see us capitalize on those things. I don't want us to necessarily cling to the past too much, but I don't want to forget the past either. I think there's a balance that Fort Worth can achieve. And you know, there's some things happening right now that are, I think are promising. And I'm excited to see where everything goes. Uh, my background is, you know, I used to work in campaigns. Um, I worked on uh, Wendy Davis's campaign. I used to work in her district office here. I uh, moved up to DC, did some political fundraising, um, came back down here, and now I work at TCU. And it's just, it's really fun being back in Fort Worth. Been here since 2018, um, and just really enjoy this community and. I'm excited to see where things go. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited to have your uh, political campaign kind of experience and background on the pod um, to bring a lot of context to the things we talk about. Last question, man, uh, is around what do you think the pod gets right? And then what do you think the pod needs to work on? Like, hey, you crazy too. I think you guys are missing this. Or, you know, give us some direction. I think y'all are doing awesome work. I mean, th this is really exciting because I, I love that, that finally someone is as passionate about like local infrastructure as I am. <laughs> and, you know, I'm glad that someone else likes to watch city council meeting and when they talk about zoning, they're like, yes, I love zoning conversations. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just awesome. I love Makes sense why you and Jimmy are friends. Makes sense why you and Jimmy are friends. Yeah. Because who else am I going to, it started with just a text of like, I need to talk to somebody about zoning and my wife keeps telling me to shut up. And so <laughs> that's where this relationship just kind of has grown a lot over the past few years between me and Jimmy. Um, and I, I just, I really like what y'all are doing. I love what y'all did during the mayoral race last year. And I just think you're like doing some really good work. And I like the care that y'all put into it. And it really shows how passionate y'all are about Fort Worth. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, you know, we, we always are given Fort Worth. It's, it's, uh, it's accountability and challenging it probably more than any other pod locally. And, and you know, we probably pissed off someone from every section of the world of fort worth and i feel like if we don't then it, people think we have favorites and i think it's a the only thing we care about is just, you know that fort worth like you said lives up to its potential i feel like it's a it's a it's an eighth grader fort worth is like an eighth grader that's like five one with a size 14 shoe and we just make sure that you're gonna actually be you know you're gonna grow into your body and you're gonna actually become a a a, a, a transformational athlete or something like that that's kind of that's kind of where we are yeah, we're a, we're a pup with big paws or a, a kitten that can be a big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go ahead and bring us in for the first story. Yeah. So the first story um, is kind of like a recap of what y'all have been talking about over the past few weeks, but it's redistricting. You know, the map getting approved at city council. And I. My thought is that if I were to go back to 2019 
And I were to tell myself that Fort Worth is going to approve a map and they're going to do so unanimously. And it's going to be a process where we see every iteration of the map. We have an opportunity for public comment on every iteration of the map. Um, and they include communities and try to keep neighborhoods together. I would take that every time. It might not have been the exact process that we had maybe hoped for. Some people want like, you know, to just be the independent redistricting uh, independent committee and that just be the one we use. That obviously didn't happen. Um, and there's, you know, pros and cons to that. But I think overall, I'm, I'm happy with the process because it is way more than I expected, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It was very transparent. Got to see every iteration of the map and I saw where they were going. And you saw how passionate people were about that. And it was like both the community members and then the city council members, you know, breaking down when discussing these maps, um, really showing that they cared about who they represented. Mm -hmm. um, I, overall, I'm happy with the process. Um, and one thing I, I really enjoyed was, <laughs> I don't know if enjoyed is the right term here, but Elizabeth Beck said that, uh, it was a begrudging acceptance, as I believe the term she used. And I kind of think that if everybody on city council has a begrudging acceptance to the map, that's a win. Um, mm. that's, a, that's a good thing, because if someone is overjoyed, that generally means that someone else is absolutely livid. Mm. And that's just not the best policy necessarily. Um, when everybody kind of has that begrudging acceptance, it normally means that y'all came to a compromise that was for the most part, relatively fair. Uh, and so I think that was a good thing. I've been impressed with Mayor Parker throughout all of this because you know she took a back seat earlier on and then realized that she needed to take a more active role, be that person that leads the compromise push. Um, and, th and that is more difficult than, you, than most people realize because the Fort mayor doesn't actually have that much inherent power. She's essentially an at-large city council member with a little with more responsibility, but doesn't actually have that much more concentrated power. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I, I was, I was impressed by her leadership through that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think, um, and so they're calling the new map, Anna, um, as, as that's the name and, you know, my kind of, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's, we're here, you know, we had some people come in trying to, uh, get worked up about it. Uh, we have the, the one district with a 58.8% Hispanic voting age population, which hopefully that can allow us to have some, you know, Latino representation. They mentioned Mayor Maddie Parker, Gina Bivens, you know, didn't mention who could fit that role, but they talked about a potential. I think there's someone in their brains and that friends and colleagues that could be a Latina running for council, which would be super cool. Um, you know, my 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 big thing is in the paper there there was I don't I don't know if it was the Fort Worth report or the Star Telegram. They were quoting some people from far north fort worth like ah, i feel like you know some of the business people and the alliance people uh and around how they're like yeah you know we only you know 10 years from now you're going to see a, a map that poorly represents our area when we're going to be growing really fast and and I, I just think that you got that push i mean it was like the the alliance business professionals doing all like saying they weren't impressed with the map and i just like well, how about y'all like campaign for like far north, like North Fort Worth as a city, Alliance, Texas, go ahead. Like, it's not fair. You guys, I like, I had, I had, I had people who I work with in town this week. They, we flew them in for uh, like just a quarter meeting and Indiana, Atlanta, all of them are from like different, like big cities. And I was like, we, uh, we went, to, we had to drive to Oklahoma city and we had to drive back to DFW for meetings. And on our way back from Oklahoma city, I said, guys, we're in Fort Worth, Texas. This is where we are. And as I can now show them the map, here's where your hotel is. This is where you're staying downtown. We're 48 minutes away. <laughs> <laughs> 48 minutes away. And we're in the city of Fort Worth. So if you're mad that you got one district, uh, you shouldn't be fighting for another district. You should be fighting to be your own city. All right. That's my take. I think like, would it be great to plant, like to build a map? for the future yeah but you got to build the map for the city you have the current yep. map that we voted on in the last election didn't represent what the city was at that point yeah now the current map is going to represent what the city is now that's that's why you do redistricting yeah 
That's the whole purpose. Yeah. And North Fort Worth, like the people are saying, like, I feel left out. You should. You're way out there. Like, it's not, it's not like, it would be weird if the, in, if the, the hub of the city felt left out. Like it's, it's like, so it's just like, it's not fair for anyone. Like, I agree. They should have more representation, but it shouldn't be uh, impacting uh, where the city is. Like, it's just, it's just to me, it seems like I look at Atlanta. Atlanta has like alliances where Decatur, Georgia is. It's like, go be a different city. It's, and it's fine. And I think it'll work out. Um, but yeah, I think um, we got a map and um, people are excited. People are not excited. And like you said, it's a good place. I think we should all just strive for begrudging acceptance. Yeah. I think that's what we should all, all should yep. be hoping for. <laughs> In life, you know. In life. Um, that's how I feel like going to the airport with American. So it's good. It's good. Uh, <laughs> um, so here we go. Let's go ahead and go to the next um, story. The next story we're going to hit is kind of around the bond. And, and I'm interested in you kind of talking about this because I'm sure you and, and Jimmy riff on this. And a lot of this things, every time Jimmy's gone, I'm like, man, this is this is a story Jimmy's going to like. Uh, and so uh, the city is proposing a $560 million million dollar bond which will make positive impact on fort worth um without impacting residents tax rate um, the city staff will visit community centers across fort worth over the next month to answer residents questions about the proposed bond it's a process that is similar to the recent bond like fort worth isd what we see on the bond what we're going to be um voting for uh on may 7th are five propositions. Proposition A asks for $369.2 million for streets and transportation infrastructure. Proposition B asks for $123.9 million for parks and recreation improvements. Proposition C asks for $12.5 million for public library imp- improvements. Proposition D asks for $39.3 million for police and fire facilities. Proposition E asked for $15 million for land purchases to preserve natural spaces. Come on now. Now, here's the thing. Fort Worth ISD just recently went through something like this, as we remember, where they narrowly approved a $1.5 billion package. We're talking $1.2 billion of that being passed by 57 votes. Crazy how important elections is and uh, you know why we need to get more people to vote. Uh, but yeah, let me kind of give you, what is your overall feelings of Fort Worth and how we fund and and, and prepare our city when it comes to bonds and roads and parks and public services. My, my thought is always for most of these is they're necessary. Like, yep. you know, when we're talking about improving parks and public libraries and, you know, fire facilities and whatnot, those are all good things. And, you know, we, we spend a lot of money on roads but we also need better roads. At the yeah. end of the day, we need better streets. And we, you know, as forward continues to grow, you have to reach out to those people. You, If you're going to have a city that is going all the way up north, and you're going to have to provide police and fire services up north. And that's just the, the way the city's growing. So when it comes to propositions like this, I mean, yeah. And you're absolutely right with the voting thing, you know. This election is going to be on May 7th in a year where we're going to have at least three, if not four elections. Uh, Well, we'll have four elections with the runoff, but not everyone will need to vote in them necessarily. Mm -hmm. But that's a lot of elections. That's a lot of time to get people to go out to the polls consistently. And so this will be a close bond election, I I would imagine. Yeah. What what are your initial thoughts on those allocations? Yeah, I think... um... I mean, you know, I think a lot of things are reactionary. I mean, government is often reactionary, which is why I don't think I could ever be in government. Um, I I like the, I like the, I I mean, obviously I think police and fire already have enough of our tax dollars, uh, specifically police. Um, Library improvements, like I'm at a point in this world where like, people don't go in the buildings. Like we just need to like build digital infrastructure, like give everybody an, uh, a Netflix subscription or something. I don't know. Um, and you know, that's 12 and a half million dollars. Uh, proposition B, uh, parks and recs. I, that one's big. I think if anything, I feel like becoming a more walkable city, a more interconnected city, um, that, that that's big. 
um, and then the the land purchases to preserve natural spaces uh, that excites me because um, I think there's some great areas in the city uh, still in the loop that could be super cool to connect to the rest of the city. So we'll see what they're trying to do there. But you know, I know me and me and Jimmy are in the Meadowbrook area, so Tandy has a good couple acres next to it that they could really maybe accelerate that park uh, would be cool. So um, that's kind of fingers crossed, if you would, on, on maybe they're going to beef up Tandy. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you got a few thoughts going in my head. First of all, well, uh, with Netflix cracking down on password sharing, I think we're all going to need public accounts. Yeah, no more no more using your... No more using your favorite auntie's uh, Netflix subscription, right? You got it. You got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah, my my. You know, my dad's gonna freak out and call me and be like, "What's your what's your Netflix code?" And I'm like, "The Illuminati won't let us do that anymore, pops. I need you to figure something else." <laughs> um, and then like the I love the natural uh, natural spaces. My wife and I went up to the well nature preserve they have have up near White Settlement. Oh, great um, stuff. Yeah, that's great. Buffalo up there. Yeah, I was. We were driving with the dog and. My dog Waffle was what like, kind, "What is that thing? That's a weird looking cow." What kind of what kind of dog do you have? We have a golden retriever. She's so, my best friend. So to be honest with you, the buffalo at the nature reserve is probably the size of Waffle. If you ever actually see the buffalo, <laughs> they're not all that big. Those buffalo need some help. If, if you like cute animals, there are some baby buffaloes that are quite adorable there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, no, I love that place. I haven't been in a while, and my dog loves it too. Um, yeah. But- if we can have more stuff like that, I think that's awesome. I, I love the idea of getting Fort Worth out, being active, um, you know, really just taking advantage of the natural space we have around us. Um, and, you know, the library side of things, I think it's just, it needs to be done. Yeah. And I think that the communities that have those libraries, I think it's an excellent opportunity to utilize those spaces um, and bring, bring people together. Yeah, and I, I really like a lot of this is focused on community. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's really important to make people feel connected to the city, um, and I, I think that's that's a good place to be. Yeah, um, yeah. I I like where this is going for the most part. We'll we'll see how the election goes. Um, we'll see how they try and get out the vote for those things. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, looking at some of this, it says when the city formed its bond program, the construction and restoration of roads were made a top priority. Specifically, staff are looking to make improvements to roads in minority majority and super minority majority areas, Venable said. Um, a minority majority are census blocks with a minority population of 50%. A super minority majority is a census block with a uh, minority population of 75% or greater. The prior prioritization committee also considered whether the project would be improve, would improve racial and cultural disparities in the city as a whole. So a lot of what you're saying there around the community and being more intentional on who we're building for and how we're building. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you saw these uh, 10 roads, um, the most dangerous roads on that list. I don't know how you feel about them. Um, and well, uh, I, my wife can attest. I complain about the roads <laughs> often um she's convinced i've never been satisfied with the road um and i think i think quality of roads actually does a lot for a city mm. it makes it more welcoming um people know it's, it's one of those things that people don't necessarily notice when you have really nice roads but they do notice when you have crap roads yeah um and so if you can take these 10 and fix them up that's gonna do a lot yeah yeah, you. I mean, I I can t- so know. Like I, we we mentioned this on the pod before, but you know, when you're taking the Henderson exit, and then the the Google GPS tells you to stay left, or like it tells you <laughs> like, and it's like three roads, and it's like one is like to go back to Lancaster, and then the one the one in the middle is the one you actually want to take to like go towards West Seventh, um, and and hit and and like go towards that way, and it's like. Google, you know, people are listening to their map, the things like, what, what is it saying? And we have so many roads like that where I feel like you exit and you're just massively confused. So then if you're new, you're probably like, man, y'all's roads are crazy, you know? So it's, it definitely happens. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, um, 
when I moved here, I became much more of a visual GPS person than an auditory. <laughs> and it's because I was like, oh, it, it means I need to be in the middle lane specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, let's go ahead and go to the final um, short story. And then we're going to move into uh, the big story. Uh, I'll let you take the big story um, since I think you're excited for that as well. And let me kind of dive into the next story. This is definitely a Jimmy story right here. I wish Jimmy was here because Jimmy would rant about this. I'm not a big soccer person. If you're Jimmy's friend, I'm assuming you are. So he he said, you know, that he, he's been kind of against this idea of a soccer complex. But I'm 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 interested to know what he would think about if he was excited about this. But international soccer uh, could be coming to Fort Worth. This is Star Telegram posts. And uh, it's basically about how four members of the city council are preparing to pitch the city to FC Barcelona. Uh, council members Kerry Moon, Jared Williams, Michael Crane, and Chris Nettles are all scheduled to travel to Barcelona from April 13th to 15th. Well, that's kind of sad that they're only there for two days. Hopefully they find this in personal time as well. It's a part of a push to attract an international brand to race Fort Worth's profile as a destination for youth soccer. The two will the, the four will attend FC Barcelona's youth academy tournaments to discuss Fort Worth's efforts to become a player in sports tourism. They're talking about the pitches, the complex, twenty fields, youth soccer, hundred thousand visitors annually, sixteen million dollars to to Fort Worth, um, and with kind of partnering with someone potentially, it's really to help create professional players. FC Barcelona is doing something like this already in Miami. And uh, yeah, what is your take? So I've got a, I've got a couple thoughts. First of all, if you're going to try to make international soccer work, FC Barcelona is a pretty good partner for that. Absolutely. Like, that's, that's one of like five clubs in the world you would want to go with. Um, and two, I think, I think the stadium is that can be pretty divisive, but if you can separate the stadium part of this from the youth complex side of things, I think the youth fields is actually really important. We mm. don't have a setup like that in Fort Worth. Um, if you have a kid that is in like a travel soccer team, you really got to go to Dallas to get into that type of tournament complex. And I've got a special connection to that type of complex because um, I grew up in Phoenix and actually less than a mile from where my parents live is one of these massive soccer complexes. It's called reach 11 and they do tournaments and we get a lot of teams coming in from California and it actually does bring in a lot of people. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head. This is all just from my personal experience, but there's a lot of teams that come in and they do soccer and lacrosse and other field sports. Um, and it is a good thing. Um, and also like it helps that community because there's also uh, less than a mile the other direction from my folks is the biggest resort in Phoenix. It's the JW Marriott. And so all the people go, that are going to those tournaments go and stay at that resort. And so it really helps build up that part of the community. Um, and so I, I think that if we got the youth complex, the stadium, we, there's a lot of debate to that. But the youth complex in particular, I'm, I'm very much behind that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, you know, for me, I think it's it, to me, you know, what you know what I start thinking about is who is this for? What does, you know, what does who who's competing at those soccer places? Is it kids that can afford it? Is it is it is these clubs for families that can afford to do these kind of things? It sounds expensive. It sounds like things that a lot of kids who probably can't afford that are would love to do that in the sense of you know, my biggest fear is that we just create a you know, a big complex and 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 it's and it's serving servicing all the color kids and the alito kids and 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 when we still have a strong latino population of, of kids who do know soccer you know our 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 football fields high school football fields and middle school fields around our neighborhood in meadowbrook people are playing soccer all like saturday nights trucks up tons of people out um so soccer is a part of the fabric and i just that's probably my thing is Who's that servicing? And then also, you know, my other thing, why I'm probably more like, I'm all down for Fort Worth pitching itself to people. I think that's what we need to be doing. Um, but I think tourism, we're over, and me and Jimmy always have this battle on, should we be fighting like for tourism or should we be, should we, instead of going to FC Barcelona, we're going to right Silicon Valley and we're pitching um, software companies to, to move their 200 employees here. Um, 
you know, things like that. Um, because I don't know, tourism is very reactionary and I don't know, oftentimes I feel like it doesn't work when it comes to like sports teams, like where, I mean, you know, really time, the only time it works is when your name is LeBron James, you know, or, 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 or like, you know, Giannis Antetokounmpo or whatever. So it's like, it really, um, I don't know. I think that's the part, but at the end of the day, I, like you said, kid development, 20 soccer fields, um, yeah, all that, you know, is good. I just, um, you know, how many kids are going to make money playing soccer? How many kids are, you know, how much does the, you know, top soccer kids kids can make? And a lot of that is really hard to do where I think like, I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if it's economic for Fort Worth or for, or for kids and families to, to invest. And I've seen that. I don't know if you've seen it like in Plano or, you know, I have family who's like in cheer camps and they spend all their life on cheer camps and every weekend AAU basketball. And then like the kids go on the Tarrant community college cause they don't know where they're going to go after spending $50,000, you know, over, you know, two years on club sports. So I don't know. I just feel like it's a, uh, I'm excited to see what happens. Cause like you said, FC Barcelona is cool. Yeah. And I, th- I think that it all depends on who your partner is for that. So if yep. you can get a big fish like FC Barcelona, I'm I'm more confident that I'm I'm willing to mu- give it a much longer leash because mm. I think there's more of a chance that it succeeds. Um, and you know you're talking about like travel teams. My my brother played travel baseball, so you know I grew up traveling to go watch my more naturally talented brother uh, <laughs> play sports, and you know having to go to like Palm Springs. You know, it's, you know, really boring as a kid. Palm Springs. Yeah. I thought you were going to say baseball. Nine. I thought you were going to say baseball. <laughs> so, uh, no. <laughs> I, I, I can tell you're a baseball fan. You got a, you got a hat on and, 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 a, and a diamond back shirt. So <laughs> I was being sarcastic. <laughs> I, I grew I grew up uh, just kicking back, uh, spitting sunflower seeds. That's a, that's a good Saturday afternoon for There you go. Me. There you um, go. But I think with the soccer in particular, it's about doing more than just the fields. You got to do everything that goes with it. So it can't be just build the stadium and expect that to be enough. Can't be just building the fields and being like, all right, we're good. You got to build around you and make sure there's hotels available for people to stay at. You got to make sure that you're including the community in that and that there's a way to include the rest of Fort Worth and utilizing those fields, uh, using making sure you're including all the different communities in Fort Worth. Um, and if you if you do the work on that, I think you can make it worth it pretty quickly. Yeah, we'll see because um, I'll, I'll be interested to know what Jimmy's thoughts are. And man, what a crew going to uh, going to Barcelona. Carrie Moon, Jared Williams, Michael Crane, and Chris Nettles. You know, <laughs> should be a TV show right there. I can see it like a office, like an office show. With like those four. I, I want to see, I would love to like hear the flight there. Are they all sitting together? And on the way back, they're all like in different parts of the plane. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You want to bring us home to the big story and how you feel yeah. about it. So the, the big news this week is Riata is going to be leaving downtown um, due, due to a landlord dispute. And, you know, the, y'all kind of talked about this on the pod um, before with what's going on with downtown. But this this is a big deal. Um, now, it's not going to happen until 2024, I think, is when the lease ends. But they've announced that they're going to you know, be leaving and looking. And the more I read about this, there, there's a lot going on in this story. I mean, the, the big thing that jumps out is the parking price of you know, $21 for valet parking. Um, that, that's a lot. Yeah. And, you know, and then they're kind of expected to put that onto the customer through their meal. And that that's a big expense. Um, and also the other part that really stuck out to me was that apparently the landlords didn't want to meet with them. I saw that in the fourth report article, I believe mm-hmm. that they had tried to talk with them and it just, the emails were left on red. That's that's just shocking to me because the Riata is more than just like any other restaurant in that area. The Riata is a big deal. Um, it's a you know it's a very nice restaurant. It's a great space. It's great for events. They do 
catering. So it's it's a big name to be leaving downtown after all the other places that have left downtown. And it just kind of you know makes you wonder what is downtown going to look like a year and a half from now? What's going to be left as far as those big restaurants that attract people in? Yeah. I mean, you have, um, we had Bird leave, Taco Diner leave, um, Taverna leave. So, yeah, I agree with you. This is, this is huge. I mean, downtown is, what is it? I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, and I, and I think this is why it's, I, I even, I, we kind of brought it up with Jimmy, but I'm like, what is, what is a downtown if people aren't going to work anymore? You know, and this is all skylines are like skylines becoming archaic art of cities emblems that we're just going to keep and restore because when you got less people go driving for work to go downtown, you got more people saying, Hey, I don't need to travel to the conference. I'm just going to buy me the virtual pass and I'm going to sit at home and do it. And then you, right. And then you have people, I was talking to my friend the other day. We were at Buffalo Bros watching the Final Four, and I was like, when's the last time I actually went into a store and bought clothes? Uh, I have no, I don't remember. So it's just like, uh, I just think where the world is going, it makes it really complicated for all downtowns, not just Fort Worth. Um, but that's why I think like, why getting businesses, um, and people who work downtown together, but even that's becoming difficult. Um, and so I don't know. I don't know. Like, I don't know how do you solve this because if Riata can't do it, who can? Right. And I think the pandemic, what it did is it, it accelerated a lot of trends. And one thing in particular that came out of the pandemic is people really, they think more about what they do. Mm. Like if they're going to go out to do something, they're going to, it's not as on a whim as it used to be. Facts. Um, and so the challenge, that's a big challenge for businesses and, you know, retail and restaurants and that you have to like attract people to come to you. Um, but you also, it has to be easy. It has to be a lot easier than it used to be. It's not the same way with Sunday Square where you could before just go park downtown pretty easily and then walk around and there's a lot going on. It's not as simple as it was a few years ago before the pandemic. And to make parking harder that's a bold decision because people don't want to pay for parking. Yeah. And they definitely yeah. don't want to pay a lot for parking. Yeah. Um, especially when the primary thing they're doing is having a meal. Yeah. Like that's that, that is not that typically that long of an excursion. And so if you're going to, you know, you want to make sure that it's worth it. For yeah. Them. Yeah. You also, yeah. One of my best friends lives in Vegas. And I think one of the coolest things when I'm in town in Vegas and he like picks me up or whatever is like, they just like swipe their Nevada card and everything's free like downtown because the strip was being, weren't getting locals to come. And so, um, I, I, I that just makes sense. Like there's parking is, um, annoying, you know? And so yeah, why would you make it hard? It's a frustrating thing. Um, I used to, so I used to live in DC and I had a bunch of friends who live in Adams Morgan. And if any of you, anyone's ever been to Admo, you know that it's the absolute worst. <laughs> and I had a rule that whenever I was invited to a party up there, I would drive up. And if I couldn't find parking two blocks north or two blocks south of where I was going, I would go home. <laughs> I was like, I'm done. I'm giving up on the parking. Um, it's not, it's not worth it to me. And so I think you really have to go out of your way to make it easier to access. And whether that is making parking more available or making public transportation more reliable, you have it's a scale. You have to commit to one of those things and not having a strong case on either one. That makes it very difficult for people to want to go downtown or for those businesses to succeed. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard, too, because, you know, I even you know, I, I brought people in to, from our work to, for a quarter meeting and, you know, this is their first time in Fort Worth. And I was like really excited to like sell it to them. Like, you know, had them stay downtown, but you know, still like, it's just kind of not lively. You know, they're just talking like their biggest thing is like, I can't believe we're like walking in the middle of the road after the restaurant. And like, just, we're just all like, we're just walking in the middle of the road and there's no cars or nothing. 
Um, and it was a Thursday night, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't a weekend. Um, but then also, you know, just how much driving and connect, like how spread out the Metroplexes, even like I had to pick them up from the airport. Then we had to go to Dallas and like, they're just blown away how spread out everything is. Um, and you know, I, I even think not just Fort Worth, like DFW is such a hard place to make it a cool trip to visit. Like, I just think like if someone's like, I want to explore Dallas, Fort Worth, it's like, they must have a car. They have to then get a rental car purchase. They must. Um, and then still like, it's not easy to know where something is at that is cool to go to. It's like, nothing's very like walkable where you're going to hit like, these are the four cool things to go to. Um, so it's just like, I don't know. I think it's just all very difficult how spread out everything is. And even Maddie talking about this, by the way, this is my kind of last kind of part and rant on it is, you know, maybe this could be, uh, one of the things that go wrong in her legacy in, in, um, Fort Worth is the health of downtown. I think like, I just don't know how she has so many more priorities in the sense of education, economic development, in the sense of recruiting companies to Fort Worth to grow in Fort Worth. So I just don't know how big of a priority or on top of the mind that, you know, that, that getting downtown right is going to work. I don't know. I just, I just, cause she looks like she's like, she says she's faithful. Like she thinks they're going to do it. They have that next big idea program, which is kind of cool, but it's kind of scary. That's when you know you're desperate when you're like, yo, local people, if you got an idea, like come down, we'll give you some space for free. And well, like that, that to me is like a big red flag. Like you're, that's concerned. Um, so I don't know. Yeah. And it, it's hard also um, for Maddie because on a lot of these issues, you can come up with ideas on how to fix them Yeah, or like what the process would be with downtown is much harder because there's not as much control there there's other people you have to work with. It's much more of a relationship thing than a policy thing. And so I, I don't necessarily know how, like, how do you go about doing that? That's a much harder task than some of the other priorities. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea. Riata was wondering where, where, where should their new iconic location be? What was your thoughts? I would say Riata's playing this perfectly. Like they're being open about why they're leaving. They're giving all of the reasons and they are, you know, crowdsourcing. Where do you want us? Um, I think there's a lot of cool areas they would be. If I were Riata, I would try to stay somewhere kind of relatively central where they were before. Um, just because I, th- I mentioned earlier, they have a big catering business as well. So you want to make sure that you are near to where a lot of those potential big event customers will be. Um so probably, probably near Southside is probably where I would be looking. Yeah, that's that, that that that's what scares me. I was like, I knew you. I was like, that's that's what scares me. It's because that's the default. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, and it's also like, what 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 to me is like Southside and is like to me becoming like a place that's not Cowtown and Stockyards, and like you bring Riata over. It's just like, go to the stockyards, like go over. If you ain't going to be downtown, like don't, I just bring like bringing that Midland energy to Southside would be so sad. Like it will be so sad to Southside. Like stop. We don't need cowboys everywhere. We don't need it. We don't need Cowtown and Southside. Let us have something that feels somewhat city-ish. And like, that's the last place I, I mean, but I agree with you. Like that's where like the foot traffic is and that's where locals go. But my argument is like, do like, do I, I haven't ate at Riata in, in years. Because and, of parking? No, yeah, right. Uh, you know, and it's like, but I don't know if I actually would ever choose Riata. Like, I don't know if like, I'm not trying to dog Riata because I'm not saying like, I love the space, the iconicness. I think they act like they have more power than they really do. Because I don't think like, I, I'm not going out my way to go to Riata. Like, if I'm downtown, Riata's my spot. Cool. We got people, beautiful setup, great drinks, great setup, cool. But you're competing against Cheesecake Factory. And you're competing against, you know, Chris Roos and other things. I just don't know if I'll go, like, I mean, like, if I'm driving, then you just go, like, now you're competing with Bonnell's or, like, you're competing with something else. Like, you're just, I don't know. I don't just see, I don't know. 
locals, you're, what's your take though? I feel like you're more connected to this than I would be. Well, I would say that that's where they want to compete though. They want yeah. to be going against Cheesecake Factory because they know that you can go to Cheesecake Factory in any city in America. So for them, that that is where they want to compete. If they go up to the stockyard, there's a lot more similar competition. Yeah, that's there. true. Um, and so I think for them in particular, you kind of hit on it. It's a place you go with people. Like yeah. when you have yeah. people in town or it's like a special occasion. Um, and so I think in that near south side, near the hospitals, that is kind of, you know, a little bit of there's there's some of that there. Um, I don't. I'll have to think harder on where exactly would be the ideal location for them. Um, yeah, no, I, think it's, I don't think yeah, that they'll yeah. end up doing stockyards just because, yeah, the, the culture fit is there. But like I said, that's where everybody else like them is. And so, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. If, 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 if you leave downtown, you're no longer competing against Cheesecake Factory. Now you're competing right. against Wishbone, well, Flint, whatever that place is called. I went there the other day. It was all right. But, um, um <laughs> but um yeah it's uh you know like i feel like it's i don't know i just <sighs> i don't know what if they went out to like clear fork that's what i was saying i think clear fork would be a good good groove right like you got you got fix over there yeah um you got the bobs i like love the, fix i've never been there oh my gosh just go and eat the biscuits all day long don't get anything else just <laughs> eat biscuits <laughs> yeah i know uh, there's i've been a steak joint there once but yeah, but, uh, I, I don't remember. Blocker, yeah, yeah, but I don't remember. I'm also like I'm the worst person for this because obviously this is the part of Fort Worth I'm always edgy on, and then also I just don't really eat steaks. Like if I'm gonna spend money, I'm going to uh, sushi, you know, or something like that. So I just I'm not the the right person for this. And you know, I, I think Riata could be acting more powerful than it really is in the sense of it, it, them leaving, because I just don't know if people. I think Riata's brand is connected to downtown as much as downtown is connected to Riata. And Riata thinks they can go move to Southside or if they can go move to West, you know, to near the hospital. I don't like those people, you know, like we, I don't know. I just don't see that happening. I just, I don't see people like great big steak, you know, cow hide everywhere. Like this is what I want to eat. Like they're going to have poke bowls and ramen. That's like just, what they're doing like that ramen joint right by the hospital i can't you can't ever go there now because it's so packed wabi i'm always like it's absurd it's popping all the time and i think like if you put riata in there like let's say wabi out put riata in i think i think you could do go good over there because that's actually a pretty good building and i actually think that's a really cool setup i do think with riata if i'm them i'm looking at parking anywhere i go i'm looking at parking and you know who has decent parking clear fork yeah. Like, and so I, I think that has to be a major concern for them because right by those, right by in the uh, hospital area, the parking is not necessarily great. Yep. And uh, stock areas doesn't necessarily have great parking either. Yeah. Ugh. So for that, if I were them, I'd be looking at parking as a, you know, not kidding, a major factor to where I put my next restaurant. Yeah. We got time. Maybe they're just flexing here, and everyone's gonna kumbaya at the end of this, and. uh well, if that's the, I mean, I, like I said, I think Riata's playing this perfectly because you got out ahead of this way ahead of it. Yeah. So now you have plenty of time to negotiate if things change. Um, you have plenty of time to crowdsource where you want to go. You have plenty of time to like start building if you have to build a new, like if you have to renovate a building or construct one from scratch. You got time to do that now. Yeah. Yo, these comments though on these on this uh, on this. Uh star telegram posts are hilarious they're like the bass has built a wonderful sundance square but now sasha bass is destroying it the last time i was there it was a ghost town and it's not because of covid this person is like i like this one they said sundance square management and the basses are literally slaying the geese that laid the golden eggs for them downtown fort worth is going to become a ghost town again because if you kill the nightlife and amenities all those high-priced condos will start becoming vacant and go into foreclosure there's I a lot personally of- love that comment because the capitalization choices are <laughs> all over the place. Yes. Like geese, golden eggs, ghost town, uh, yep. and nightlife and amenities are all capitalized. And yep. I, ju- I just love uh, comment, sec- comment section grammar is just a personal uh, joy of mine. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's going to be interesting what uh, happens down there, and um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, let's go ahead and go into wins and losses. Um, we usually start with our losses, so we can end with a with a win. So, what do you got for your loss? So, my loss comes from a article I was reading in a Texas Tribune about some Texas teacher requirements. Uh, Texas teachers are going to be required to complete a reading academics class that's going to take them at least 60 hours and could take up to 120 hours. Um, And this is going to be, you know, unpaid additional training that they have to go through complete on their own time. Um, That that's a lot to add on to our teachers right now. Um, We're already seeing teachers leaving the industry at a terrifying rate. The governor Abbott had to, called together a commission to discuss teacher retention. And I, I don't think this is going to, you know, help that issue. This is required for all people who teach grades K through three. And I'm, I'm just not a fan of throwing additional things on our teachers. Um, it's, it's a difficult, it's been a difficult profession over the past few years. And uh, I, I just, I don't like this additional thing being thrown on them. How many teachers will still need to take the course is unknown. According to the Texas Education Agency update, nearly 90,000 educators have either started or completed the course as of March 9th. In the same agency update, there is no mention of how many K-3 teachers still need to complete it. The TEA did not respond to questions about the required course or the looming 2023 deadline. Totally agree with you. I know reading scores are down, but pity more on the teachers is not the answer to, to how we solve these problems. So totally agree with you. Now, uh, my loss is in the Fort Worth report. Saw a little story just about um, Whitley, um, our judge, and just kind of talking about how he's addressing people. He's talking more. And it was really about how he's now commenting about how radical the Republican party and the democratic party's coming. And he's just talking about how we need to be careful. The country needs to be careful. Um, and we shouldn't have Republican and democratic, um, campaigning and, and language in local elections because local elections, um, you know, you don't have to affiliate, but I, I guess it's just my, my thing about it is that he's been a leader for 26 years and one of the greatest ways to look at a leader is how did you leave the place once you once you left, right? And I, I, Tarrant County and what we're about to do is a mess. Um, Tim O'Hare is about to be county judge, and that is a very sad life, um, and that's not cool. And I just think like I just am annoyed by it because he talks about how you know local elections. You know, you don't have to be a part of a party or you don't have to, you know, say who you're a part of. But like, then why have you not ever voted on a Democrat? Like, show that with your actions. Like, if if if, if, it, if it's really that uh, independent, then why aren't you voting across the board? You've always voted Republican. And it's just like, I, I guess that's just how I'm just like, you're just saying something about Tim O'Hare when really you should be campaigning for Deborah Peoples. You should be endorsing Deborah Peoples because it's not about, like you said, Democrat or Republican. And she's more centered. She's more um, logical. Like, but you won't, but you just complain that the radical right is taking your seat um, rather than actually fixing the problem. You're like being a whiny loser without doing the things that creates winners. So, it's kind right. of my and this comes off the heels of uh, of what Maddie has been saying, um, and I think there's a big difference between what Maddie and Glenn Whitley are doing is that Glenn's on his way out. Yeah, he's not taking any risk by saying anything like this. Maddie Parker's kind of you know making herself a little bit of a target potentially. She's taking a risk and you know taking a principled stand, and I I think that like you said. Glenn Whitley, you had a lot of time to do this before now. You could have been a part of this solution. Um, and I mean, who knows? Maybe he will later on. 
Yeah. And when he's just a, when he's not an elected official and he's just a normal citizen. Yeah. Um, but like I said, you, action is required. For sure. For sure. All right. So what's your win? Um, my win? Well, you know, I work at TCU. So obviously I'm going to highlight something TCU-esque. And that would be our new football coach, Sonny Dykes. Um, they have opened up football practices to the public for free. You can go watch the team practice. The spring game's coming up on April 22nd. That is going to be open for free. It always is before, but the difference is that they're actually going to play a real game this time. <laughs> um, Coach Patterson kind of thought everybody in the world was spying on him, and so those pra- those spring games weren't really much of a game. <laughs> this is going to be much closer to what you would see on like ESPN when they show the Alabama uh, spring game. Um, and, I, and I just think this is a, a good change. Um, it's completely changed the vibes on campus. Yeah, yeah. It's just a lot more positive. And the openness of this is allowing the community to be a bigger part of the football program. We're talking about bringing like pro sports to Fort Worth. We have a college team that normally is pretty good. And I think this is a great opportunity to bring that community aspect to the team. And I, I really appreciate the openness and the the positive vibes that are coming off the team. So my, my winner is uh sunny dykes. Love it. Love it. Well, my win is uh, the Fort worth report and their year anniversary. Happy birthday to the Fort worth report. Um, they've been kicking butt. Their team has been growing. Uh, the stories have been really effective and strong. Um, and, and I think it's really made start telegram step their game up. Um, and so all in all, I just think, um, Shout out to the Fort Worth Report. We'll put a link to the Fort Worth Report. If you, you know, are out of space, you know, support local journalism. Um, do so because they're doing some great work here. I completely agree. Um, I'm really thankful for the Fort Worth Report. I love the journalism they do. And I just, I'm really happy to see them, you know, reach that one year mark. And I, I hope they're around for many, many more. Yeah. Well, Ryan, I think it's been uh, awesome to have you on the pod. I feel like uh, it was a good time and looking forward for more. And uh, it was a slowish news week, but I think we made this a, a pretty fun pod. Yeah, well, uh, in the words of PTI, we'll try to do better the next time. But, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Jimmy, feel free to hang out in Europe a little while longer. I'll happily take the spot. There you go. Awesome. Take care, Ryan. Thanks, CJ. Follow us like Double Tap. Control your life, control your life.